0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, your word. God, we don't need to hear my words, we need to hear your words. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would... I would be your mouthpiece today, and that the words that come from my mouth would be from you alone. Lord, help us to open our hearts. Show us where we need to take this message on board. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, many Christians live their lives tormented by intimidation, by fear, They face discouragement, they face confusion, they face these feelings of hopelessness. They're unable to confront others. They live under a cloud of fear, worrying about, oh my gosh, what will people think? What is that person going to think? They're unable to say no. I want to break some intimidation today. Ephesians 6 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So when I'm talking about intimidation today, I'm not talking about people. I'm not wanting you to go and start shouting at somebody. Ah, did you get that? Good. (laughs) Good. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. This scripture talks about principalities and powers. And there are principalities and powers over cities. And I believe that some of the principalities and powers over the city of Canberra are power and control. They manifest themselves inside and outside of the church and they try to intimidate by exerting power and control over people. They try to intimidate and shut people down. So what is intimidation? Intimidation is to make timid, to bring fear, to discourage or suppress and, you know, intimidation is an enemy. It lies to you and it says, I have more power and authority over you and you better back off and do what I say and if you don't, you'll pay the consequences. It's pretty full on, isn't it? C3 Australia, uh, C3 as a movement, we do, uh, we used to do global conferences where all of the C3s around the globe would get together for a few days And it was great. We haven't done it for quite some time. But quite a number of years ago we did. And unfortunately it was in Hawaii. (laughs) That was a good joke, wasn't it? (sighs) And so (laughs) I had a friend who came with me. She was working with me at the time. And, um, you know, they give you an hour or two off. Not too long because we're there to work. And so we were in America, and it was when the the American dollar and the Aussie dollar were similar. Who remembers those old days? And where everything in America was really cheap. Who remembers those old days? So, what do you think we did? Of course, we shopped, and we were in a shop, and we were in the shoe section of the shop. And this friend of mine, she hasn't been, hadn't been out of Australia like it was, she was. Yeah, anyway. She wanted to buy these shoes and she said, oh, I don't think I should, Mel. And I said, oh, come on. Come on. She asked the wrong person talking about shoes. But anyway, so she bought the shoes. We got back to the hotel and she told me later later on, she said the whole time we were there in that place shopping, I had this voice in my head saying, you can't buy those shoes, get back in your box. Get back in your box. Because she lived daily with intimidation. It was a continual voice in her head. Some people live like that. Maybe you don't live with intimidation daily. Maybe you come up against it every now and then. I think every single person in this room would come up against intimidation every now and then. I know that on Saturday afternoons because Saturday afternoons is when I pray and get ready for Sundays, that as sometimes as I go to pray, I have to spend a good majority of my prayer time breaking intimidation because it tries to come against me and shut me down and say, so you can't talk about that. Who, who do you think you are to get up and say those things? 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us... A spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self-discipline god has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity intimidation is not an attitude it's a spirit and since it's a spirit It cannot be fought alone with our intellect or just by using our willpower to make it go away. I mean, having a positive mental attitude is fantastic, but that alone will not overcome intimidation because intimidation is a spirit. And a spiritual struggle requires a spiritual answer. And intimidation must be fought in the spiritual realm. But thankfully, we have what we need to do that because God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Amen. I'm excited about that. What's the fruit of intimidation? Okay, you may recognise yourself in one of these examples. There may be nothing wrong in a person's life. Can they come and pray for me? (laughs) I just realized what I said. I thought, is there anyone in the world? No. But you know what I mean. Things are going pretty well. But they live in constant dread that their circumstances might change for the worst. They spend all their time and energy worrying and trying to safeguard against things that may never happen. They can't enjoy themselves. They can't enjoy the the present because they're so afraid of the future. And it doesn't make any sense, but no matter how much you try to reason with them, they're always afraid of nothing because they have a spirit of timidity or fear. But their fight is in the spiritual realm. We used to have uh, someone living in a cabin out the back of our house many years ago. And she came in to the house when she was living with us and I said wow what's wrong and she was she was really afraid she said I'm so afraid for my sister I'm so afraid that something bad's going to happen to her and I looked at her and I thought because you know God does give us burdens of prayer doesn't he where something's happening and he says I want you to pray and I've had that many times but this wasn't that I said honey (laughs) that's a spirit of fear right there and we need to pray and break it and so we did and it went and nothing was wrong with her sister and she was free the tenant that is Other fruits of intimidation might be continual confusion and discouragement that bring, like you you just lose your perspective. You can't concentrate. It's like this dark cloud that you can't seem to shake off and it's accusation coming against your mind continually. It's like bombarding you. I prayed for someone once, I put my hand on their head and I felt that God said something and so I said it. Sometimes you think, well, I don't know, but I mean, all the time you think that, but <laughs> dear God, thank you. And I said, y- y- The voice of accusation, you've got to silence the voice of accusation. This person burst into tears, and I had no idea, but they were living with this tape that went over and over in their head, over and over. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. God doesn't love you. Who do you think you are? It was like accusation, moment by moment by moment. That is no way to live. God does not want us living that way. That is not God's plan for us. If you have that going on in your head, you're listening to the wrong voice. It's not God's voice because the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And he wants to accuse you and make you lose hope and tell you a whole heap of lies. And that's intimidation. Other fruits of um, intimidation may be an overwhelming feeling of helplessness. Like a, like a lack of control over a situation. Since intimidation is about power and control, this spirit will try and make a person feel like they have no control and that they are helpless in the situation. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I have. And occasionally I still feel like that because, you know, we all have, you know, we put on the armour in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armour, but we all have little weak spots, don't we? Where sometimes things get through and the Bible calls that a stronghold, like a, a Don't foothold, thank you. Don't give the devil a foothold. Because when we give the devil a foothold, that's where intimidation can come in and start to stand over us. Speak down to us. That is no place for a child of God to live. Psalm 18 says, He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me. Because he delighted in me. Do you know that's what God wants to do for you? He wants to bring you into a broad place. He wants to get rid of all intimidation because he delights. He delights in you. Okay. Intimidation is broken through having the boldness to confront it. I'm talking about the spirit of intimidation, not the people And to fight the spirit of intimidation with the word of God. Here's an example. The example is David and Goliath. Who knows the story of David and Goliath? Just a couple of you, okay. Here we go. 1 Samuel. Saul uh, encountered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armour and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armour bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. All that to say Goliath was big. He was huge. He was about three metres tall. That's tall. That's what intimidation is. It's like this big thing that's looking over at you. Trying to Shut you down, trying to control you. And this is what he did. He yelled twice a day for forty days, like a man with a megaphone, and he taunted, threatened, and frightened the army of Israel. That's that's the goal—to taunt you, threaten you, and frighten you. And he he was succeeding. He was absolutely succeeding. And that's what it's like when we are facing intimidation. It's like having a man man with a megaphone in our head trying to taunt and frighten us. And Saul and the Israel army, when they heard Goliath's words, this is what the Bible says in verse 11, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you wake up and you are terrified and deeply shaken. You know, David arrived on the scene and he was just bringing some lunch for his brothers. He wasn't planning to fight a battle. He was just bringing some provisions and he heard these words that Goliath was saying. But unlike the rest of the Israelites who were afraid he wasn't afraid. Guess what he was? He was angry. He was angry. He said, "Who do you think you are?" And that's you know how we have to respond to intimidation. The spirit of intimidation, when it tries to come and taunt and terrify us and yell at us and lie to us, we have to respond by getting a little bit angry at it. Waking up to it, refusing to let it continue because it has no right to torment, contain, or control you. No right. It has no right to bring crippling fear to your life and anxiety. It has no right to shut you down so that you feel like you cannot express your thoughts or your feelings. It has no right to try and take your hope away. No right to keep you bound. And so there has to be a point when you stand up and say, no more. For those of you who know the story of David and Goliath, the three people in the room, you will know that at the end, he wins, of course. He defeats this Goliath, just like you can defeat yours. But on the way to doing that, he faced three voices of intimidation. And I'm just going to talk about them really briefly. He faced accusation. He faced, you can't do this, and he faced mocking. Verse 28, accusation. When David, David's oldest brother heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing here anyway? What about those sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. I mean, wow. He just turned up with some food. And he got accused, he was accused continually. No good. You know, after you preach sometimes, you walk away and you go, and there's a voice of accusation. Really? You said that? I mean, seriously. Like, that's the voice. Seriously, you think you can preach? Now, it might, I'm not talking about preaching specifically, but what, it is that, what is it that you do? And you walk away and there's just this voice of accusation that just keeps coming at you, coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. It's not the voice of God. It's the voice of intimidation. You can't do this, the second one, comparison. Verse 33. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. I want you to think about the fact that this voice here, it was the king, and he's talking to a boy, and he's saying to this boy, there's no way you can fight the Philistines and possibly win. You're only a boy. You're only a boy. You're only this. You've only just graduated. How dare you think you can apply for that job? You're only this. You're not just, there's no way you can do that. That's the voice of intimidation. I mean, I think, oh, David, my gosh. That is a stunning thing when the, the voice of a king tells you you can't do something. Trying something new. Trying something you don't feel comfortable with. Don't let intimidation stop you. That's what I'm saying today. Don't let intimidation stop you. And the last one is mocking. And this was Goliath. He was sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared, that you come at me with a stick. He cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. He was big. He was confident. And he, ma- he tried to make David feel like he, that he was insignificant and weak. That's what intimidation tries to do. It makes you- tries to make you feel like you are insignificant and weak. And I'm going to do all I can to shut you down. David replied, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin. I mean, what's, what's coming at you? You come to me with your lies about what's going to happen in my future. You come to me to tell me that there is no hope anymore. You come to me to tell me that I'm not smart enough that I'm not good enough. You come to me to tell me that there's no money going to come in. You come to me to tell me that that contract is not going to come through. You come to me to tell me that you'll, I'll never get a house, whatever it is. Goliath came with all his tools and that's what intimidation tries to do. But you know what David did? Come up, Ben. He said, I come to you. In the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. (laughs) That is the way. Remember, it's no people, it's the Spirit. You know, he didn't, he said this. I love that David said this. You come to me with all your. Lies. I was going to say something else, but I'm not going to. He said, today the Lord will conquer you. He didn't actually say, today I will conquer you. He said, today the Lord will conquer you. And do you know why that is? Because of what Jesus... We don't have to do it because he's done it. He has done it. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, any battle you fight... With intimidation, you have won because of Jesus. Jesus won it, but you get to cut off the head. That's what he said. The Lord will conquer you and I'm going to cut off your head. And I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. Well, if it was real, I wouldn't. But in that realm, I'm going to dance on your grave. I'm going to live in the freedom that I was given. I'm going to smile. I'm going to stand up straight. I'm going to believe for the best. I'm going, to, I'm going to smile at the future and say, God, you are good and you have me. No matter what comes against me, you are with me. Yes. That's what we do with intimidation. Because we all have our Goliaths. And God wants you to be free and to confront and to overcome. And the thing that I love, love, love about this is that David cut off Goliath's head. But all of the people, all of the armies of Israel, they all got free. And I love that. Like Jesus died, rose again, and we get free. David killed Goliath, the Israelites all got free. (laughs) You and I get free and other people get free because we can help them. We can show them. We can pray for them. And that's what this is all about. God is good. Okay. I'm going to pray. You might be in this room today and you really are facing intimidation. I want to pray for you. I want to believe for you. Believe with you. I'm going to pray a prayer over this room. But you may really need to come up after the service and get someone to lay hands on you because, you know, sometimes we need people to stand with us. Sometimes the things we're facing, we just need someone to stand and say, no, I'm standing with you. I'm going to pray alongside you. So, Lord Jesus, I declare, we declare your Lordship over our lives. Lord, forgive us for allowing fear and intimidation any access. Lord, we choose to break its power today. Lord, we break the words of intimidation and control that may have been spoken over our lives by ourselves or by other people. Lord, we break the spirit of fear right now. We, we submit to you and we resist the devil. And I thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you are giving people all they need to stand up against this Goliath of intimidation. Lord, that freedom comes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We praise and worship you in this place. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, thank you God. As we finish, I want to pray a prayer. I was reading a beautiful scripture yesterday. And it said this, I opened my heart and I invited Christ to come in. And you may be sitting here and you've never done that. You've never opened your your heart to Christ and asked him to come in. You haven't made that decision to live for him. If you've not done that, then we are going to pray a prayer and I would love for you to join us and pray with us. Let's do that. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for dying for my sin. Forgive me. I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come in. I choose to live for you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.